0: all right hello gin thank you for joining me today today is a reference point is the weird day in the end of may where it was 90 degrees yesterday and now it's snowing in um outside currently snowing and raining at the same time i think is this you are originally from poland as the weather changes quickly in poland as it does here in denver
1: no it doesn't (laughs) i have never seen that though so you know
0: It's completely new. And we've got a connection. We have, I don't think we've ever actually met in person, but I've talked to you multiple times online. You've done mentor work for the Women in our program before, which I'm really appreciative of. And then I'm also feel very connected to you because you're from Poland and my wife is from Poland. And so I wanted to kind of start there and ask you about your backstory in Poland before you came to America. What was your life like there?
1: So I'm from Poland, from Wrocław. um, How I end up here, I used to play, I'm 6'5". So uh, I used to play basketball and you know, many years ago, um, one of the coaches here in the United States kind of saw me playing for national, Polish national team uh, and uh, thought I'd be good here. So he recruited me and I came to United States. So yeah, my life in Poland before I came since I was 12, uh, was about basketball. I was, I think I was about 6'1 when I was 12. Um, so, that was put to, you know, in sports to meet other tall girls and boys and then end up moving to United States and playing basketball. And I met my husband here, so I ended up staying.
0: With that, um, in Poland, growing up in Poland, I think Americans are very ignorant in a lot of different areas of the world. And I certainly was the first time I visited my wife in Poland and it was different than I had imagined. Anyways, what was um, Poland when you were growing up there? My wife's from a, a block of apartments and kind of communal living in a lot of different ways. What was, what was kind of your childhood there like?
1: So I, you know, I remember Poland uh, yeah, before 1989. 1989 obviously was where the Berlin Wall came down and kind of everything change, changed. Uh, so yes, I it was different, different than, you know, uh, what's, what's there in 2015. Um, so my life was, I mean, my, my parents, my father was a doctor. He was a pediatrician. Uh, my mom, they both went to college. My mom, um, worked for a government agency. Uh, so you do hear stories that it was tough. It was different. Uh, definitely. Um, I, I as an, as a kid never experienced that because you know, we're what my parents were doing and you know when you seven eight um ten just the kids they shield you from the worries of uh, in 1981 we had uh, the martial law that i i remember that day actually it was sunday and i remember my father walking in with wearing, like with tears in his eyes because he didn't know what was gonna happen you know i just i was like a kid not understanding but i specifically remembered that day and you know what what happened in so, so uh, I, which you know uh, start kind of moving in and the changes again because of my parents and when i start playing basketball and playing for national team and traveling i have to say that my life was um less, I guess, easier for, uh, than for many where, you know, you had to wait like in line to buy meat or you had to wait in line to buy shoes and stuff. And you hear that all the time. Uh, so, uh, and then when I went to United States uh, in 1991, long time ago, it was right in between the 89 that when everything started changing, it's so going back, um, it is a huge difference. Um, for better or worse. I think it's for better, but you know, it depends where you sit as far as, you know, uh, in 1980s before, I guess there's more, um, I'm not gonna say communist, but you know, social socialism where people weren't taken care of when, you know, after that everybody. So you just kind of talk, depending who you talk to, they have a different, I guess, opinions and, uh, but, um, Yeah, so that was my life. Like I said, I I loved my life in Poland, I have to say. Before I left, I loved, I played basketball. Um, You know, I never had like worry. I actually was getting, about to get an apartment from uh, my club um, right before I left. You know, people knew me, I was on TV. So, you know, uh, so it's really not very comparable to like the the normal life, you know, that it was. Um, And then I left, um, which was hard. But um, yeah, I mean, I still love ball and go back and I'm a little jealous then you go there for a year.
0: Yeah, my wife's childhood versus my childhood. It's very interesting to see the differences because she talks about the same things As so she does remember the kind of negative parts is she remembers that people had money but there wasn't things in the store. So they're waiting in line for toilet paper or bananas or whatever. And she always tells the story of her dad one time hearing that they're gonna have washing machines in the city. And so he went and slept overnight to get in line for this washing machine to that buy is- it. And when he came yeah. back he came back with a rug and a bike and his mom's like what are you doing he's like this is what they had so i bought it and so that's kind of the negative part but the positive part was when you have this kind of apartment style living and a lot of people close together the people were and they stayed in the apartments which they owned they, they stayed in them for long periods of time and so everyone in her kind of block of flats knew each other the parents all knew each other they kind of communally raised the kids and they knew they felt safe going around her neighborhood and playing outside till all hours and so there's not really an equivalency I think in America for something like
1: no yeah I agree I mean it was yeah people the one thing I've noticed here people move here all the time you know for job and then like my parents once my father got his job um you know they went through the war and you know they're probably a little old my dad my dad passed away my mom is 86 uh so they want they kind of had to you know, my father was like a refugee almost be after the war with his family. So they moved around. But once he, they they um moved and he got a job as a doctor where he was, he stayed there for like 50 years. My mom is still there. And then yeah, older people when I go back, you know, they're still there. You know, the younger one have now tendency more to move for jobs because if it's depends if it's a smaller town, but yeah, I mean it's it, it is different where you know, here in the United States, people like, you hardly ever see that, um, you know? So um, you're right. And then, yeah, that's something that, you know, I do miss. I still have my friends from uh, high school, uh, which was a long time ago, but they're still in the same city. When I go back, you know, they But they're still there they haven't moved away so when I go and see them I feel like 20 years younger, 30 years younger you know because we get together and then here you know I had friends from college we're still in touch but everybody just kind of moved all over the place and then you know I guess good thing there's social media to for that then keep but that you know face to face in person is just kind of lost and you know I, I do miss that so
0: And another wonderful thing that I love about Poland is, and I think that's part of that, is people typically, because they're not, in America, I feel that, yeah, that's your goal is to kind of move to bigger and bigger and better and and out and follow your career and all these things. And there's wonderful aspects of that. But when we go to Poland, the, the people visit with each other all of the time. That's been a culture shock for my wife. They visit with each other. And can you tell me, like, if I was coming over to your mother's house, and maybe not when she's 86 currently, but 20 years ago, how would she if, if she, if we were family and we were going over to her house, what kind of setup would she have for us as we arrive? What would that look like when you're visiting family in Poland?
1: Well, I mean, the number one, they're not used to my mother. Uh, you know, if I had my husband or somebody, they're not used to people staying in a hotel. You know, they're like, it's, it's, it doesn't matter how much space you have or what is like, oh no, this is like, if you go to the hotel, it's like people going to think I'm not welcoming or I'm like a mean person. So whether it's a couch, whether it's something they'll like, they'll make you stay, you know and they will make you eat all the time. And if you don't wanna eat they will put you more food on your plate because you need to eat. So there is no such a thing like, no, I'm full, you know so, and then you eat like three or four times a day when you're finished food, then there's coffee with cake after this, then there is dinner, like well we we eat dinner midday you know so uh so yeah it's it's you know I think staying somewhere and like no I'm just gonna come here and then visit and go to like it's uh, I think I think my mom would be offended you know because I try to do that well now it's with like you said 86 then she might be more understanding but I still well, I still still uh, stay at home even though the bed is too small and you know there is like one bathroom so you have like five people so it's different but there's no way that you know uh she will have any other way so so that's Mm -hmm. nice i mean yeah and then and the same going back to my friends when i said 30 uh 30 years then i you know graduate from high school and i go back to wroclaw which is a bigger city my 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 uh, my mom my parents live in a smaller city a smaller town like about um, 25 miles from Wrocław and because of basketball, in the age of 11, I moved away, uh, and and initially, actually, I lived on my own, uh, and I was renting a room in like some like old ladies, which was terrible. It was hard, and I cried every day. Um, I was walking the streets just to see people, but my father was worried about my well mental health because I was six one, and kids were made calling me names. And I couldn't understand why. And then, so he made that decision, and he told my mom, "Like kids are not your toys. You can't keep them just because you want to. You have to do what's best." And so I had to go. Uh, I, I went on, and, and truly, that changed who I am today, uh, because from being somebody who I thought was a freak, I you know I kind of changed the subject, didn't I? Here, but uh, but it's an interesting story, I think. Um, You know, I went and, um, you know, start playing basketball. Initially it was hard. Then I moved in with, uh, after three months with my teammate who um, is my best friend now. She's a godmother to my kids. Uh, She's been here a few times helping, you know, and um, when I start playing basketball, all of a sudden, you know, I was, my height was useful for something. I was in the papers, all these people that used to make fun of me, wanted to be my friends. So my, like, I've, I start feeling better about myself. And I think that whole thing just totally so changed so much. And going back to being welcomed by friends. So oh, that was a long time ago. I go back and still the same thing. I stay with my best friend and her husband and the small, small flats that they have. I mean, when my kids went, my, uh, my kids went to see, it's like, this is it. Like they look around, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're all staying here. And there was like literally maybe like 400 square feet and like seven of us, you know, but there's no way we're gonna do any different. I go to my, some other friends also from house and you know, there is no such a thing like spending, you know, uh, and then when I come there, there's like a party from the party, welcoming party and something. And you just like hop around. So it's, and it really, it's so awesome. And I love it because it's been such a long time. And them want to still see me and spend time with me. It's, you know, it's great. You know, you don't, I don't know. You don't see it that often, I
0: guess. (laughs) I'll I'll hop around a little bit too with this. Um, I am not a fan, no offense to you or your culture of Polish food. I do not love Polish food and everybody loves Polish food. So bar year in Poland will probably be good for me from a health standpoint, because I'll probably... Eat sparingly um, but everything is prepared from scratch um, a lot of meats even like meat for breakfast my wife's family has what kind of polish food do you miss and what when you go back what do you enjoy
1: so i'm going to ask you a question what do you, what food uh, which part of polish food do you not like cabbage like, it, cabbage.
0: cabbage the what is it bigos and bigos. But that's, i
1: know i figure or uh kashanka flaky
0: there's some, there's some I like, yes, they do there, there's some, ribs and uh, soups.
1: You know, I, I, I you know, I agree with you. Like I miss pierogies, I like pierogies. I don't make pierogies, there's, you know, uh, so much work. And there's certain people, the way they do it, there's, not, like, there's just no way uh, I can do it. There are certain dishes that, you know, my mom, makes are they you know are, are they the best or whatever they are the best from you because it's like you know you have this childhood thing this is it, this taste is even if i try to make it it will never be the same you know and it could be simple some kind of meats and stuff we do have here some like a polish store and porous rest so you know i you know even if i if i really wanted to have the polish i guess i could make it or try to make it so um you know so if it's typically the ones that take a while, like, you know, Flaki or Zurek or, or, uh, uh, pierogi, the, you know, that's the one. But again, I have friends here in Denver area who are Polish, whose moms are here. So I, if I, you know, I sometimes put in the order if it's like Easter or something, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this, 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 and the draft, they make it. And I, you know, uh, my kids love pierogies. you know? So, um, so I, I'm not, I don't think I'm missing out that much you know and I think it's changing because like we're talking about the time change of like what happened in the 80s 90s the 2000 you know you also see now less and like less and less people have like making that you know uh food from scratch and then it depends on the generation because I think people used to in the 80s work till 3 p.m right at 3 p.m you were done you came home you make dinner but now now people work till 5, 6 p.m. And then, you know, by the time. So you see this like, yeah, you know, pizza, McDonald's, you know, the and I'm like, it has changed. So I have to say, you know, it has changed a little bit.
0: It really, really has. I've noticed. So the first time when I went there in 2006, I did not see like any overweight people. It was wild to me. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And, and so much walking. You're living life that way. Um, and my wife is from a. Town that's two hours north of Warsaw, Jadovo, Poland, which is about twenty-five thousand people, beautiful old castle and cobblestone streets. It's gorgeous. Um, and people walked everywhere. Or my mother in law would Testova, she would walk to different grocery stores to buy produce from one and fruit, whatever, from the other, and this from this one. And she had that. She'd walk to work. She worked at the hospital in the city where she lives in. And so she lives on the fifth story of an apartment. So they have to walk up each time, and then you take out the trash and you're walking down each time. If you have a dog, you're taking that dog out each time. And so there's just kind of built into the way of life. They have a garden that's off site. So they're walking to that and, and managing that. And I've noticed in the last, I guess, 15 years now that that it's changing and it's becoming very Westernized. And it's interesting to me because I don't want to live that way myself, but I very much romanticize a lot about those things because I see the, the health benefits and things like that. And so I, I definitely see that as now people are becoming where they're doing their jobs in different ways. They're driving a lot more now too. So they're having suburban houses and driving out to them. Um, and so that is interesting to see that change.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when we were growing up, there was no, uh, cell phones there's no computers I remember there was two channels or three on TV and I was only allowed to be watching like Dobranocka whatever you know at 7 p.m for 15 minutes so you know we spent our time outside running and doing stuff so you know there wasn't nobody was staying home because there's nothing to do you want to hang out with your friends and now because of the technology and everything you go and when I see there's no kids outside there's like cars park everywhere even if they wanted to play anymore there is no even the space there's cars everywhere you know so it is it is different and yeah and I think the type of food even when you go to school and you can buy like the chips that's so what you can see the change my father always he was a pediatrician, so he will always point that out and you know tell the parents, oh my, you can't feed them chips all the time. That's why you know. And but it was easy. It was easier to make that sometimes the food from scratch, you know. So.
0: So then take me to. Well, first one thing I would like to know is your English. Were you learning English at the time in Poland? My wife, I think, is a little um, younger than you, and she started doing English like when she was in elementary school. But I. Uh, her parents' generation, which obviously were older than you, they were speaking Russian or learning Russian at that time. When did you start your English?
1: So I went through, uh, mostly I was taking Russian since I think fourth grade through uh, uh, actually through the end of high school. Uh, We did have, I think my last two years, uh, last two years of high school, we started having English. um, And... um, but it was just very beginning. So, t- so it was what it was at eighty nine ninety. we didn't have like trained teachers. So the people that were teaching really, they were um, not like the best meaning like, you know, they might have been somewhere and speak English, but there's a difference of speaking and teaching somebody, right? So honestly, and then I skipped a couple classes in between, you know, like in high school, <laughs> you know, to do different things. But, um, you know, it was like, it was hard to, like I literally, I, you know, so I had Russians. So I had supposedly two on paper, but I, my, my English, when I came to United States, was pretty much non-existent. I could say, yes, please, thank you. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. And I remember carrying just like, a uh, small dictionary in my hand and and because I literally couldn't communicate. And uh, because when I came to United States, I had to, to, for me to play basketball, I had to go to school. So imagine me coming and like, yeah, here's your, here are your classes. I can't even read what what's on the schedule, right? Um, and uh, I had to go to school. So, but, you know, I have to like, say that first they, they put me in junior college because I had to kind of go through like, get, you know, basic English. And my first classes were basketball, bowling. <laughs> I had basketball, bowling, volleyball, weightlifting. Uh, I could do that without uh, skills, but still was eligible to play. And then uh, I did, I did uh, math because math, I was pretty good at math and math is, you know, uh, you know, not that high. It's all the same. If you see like a problem or whatever. So, so yeah, so first year, and I took English as a second language in first year for like, uh, yeah, for like a year with like, you know, like international students to just learn basics. So it was, but I ended up living in Kansas with the, like um, host family and there was nobody like in, over there that speak Polish. So my, I can tell, you know, my, I had to learn quickly. You know, there's different, there wasn't like, oh my God, I'm too shy to say this. So I remember that, uh, and then I have something to compare to because I uh, started understanding re- and kind of speaking better relatively quickly. A year later, I brought a couple of friends they were basketball players um, to the same place, um, to my team. And because of their relying on me, the 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 learning curve it took so much time because you know I was helping them but but yeah I mean I came here and um, like I said coming back from being like on a national team and you know uh, everybody knew me and you go in places to know of nowhere with no language it was uh, it was tough it was I literally cried every day but I told myself like I can't quit I give it three months. If it doesn't get better, then I'm gonna go back. You know, but slowly it did. You know.
0: Yeah, that is Im- impressive. And so you, at kind of, that was your kind of second time. You moved away from your parents so so young, and then the the national team is the the top level team in the country. So you're traveling around playing right for for mm-hmm. other nations probably. And then yeah. so when you moved to America how old were you and kind of mentally where did you get this toughness mindset that you could do these things is that was that taught by your parents or just something you feel you're born with
1: well you know i i think uh when i moved here uh i have to you know was i like, tough i think i i was and the, the reason i was supposed to come here and then i was supposed to come with my best friend so i was like oh two of us let's go right and then like last second like day before the guy who was like talking about the scholar, she said, oh, well, she can't go. And then I already was like parked and I already told the people in my club that I'm leaving because I wasn't happy with something. So I was like, you know what, gotta go, I have to. And then, you know, it was, I, I, yeah, I mean, I've done, I like people ask me, what's like the biggest thing you've done and like i've done like the national team i call i play for olympic team but the first three months in the united states i have to say that was like my biggest that diet didn't quit and pack my stuff and go back because it was yeah i mean it was really tough i just was looking for improvement like slow like instead of crying every day maybe crying twice a week you know some kind of little steps and then, you know, with time. And I think the biggest change also then because first I was living with like my teammates, uh, which I don't know necessarily if they were super happy that, you know, I came because I was treated a little different by my coach because she was trying to make sure I was more comfortable Then I don't leave. But when I moved with American family, which is great people, I felt like, you know, like I had some like more support system. And, and uh, you know, so yeah, those kind of, things, the moving around and not quitting, I I don't know, make me tougher, but if I, again, if somebody will tell me do this again, I don't know if I had the guts to do it, (laughs) you know, to go through that, you know, but, but um, maybe I wasn't like expecting what you know, um, what I got, but yeah, I mean, definitely it's something that, you know, I've done this, everything else is kind of, you know, uh, we can work with, you know, so, but.
0: Probably your
1: age. Yeah, going back to toughness, toughness, overall, like I said, go back to my parents. You know, my family or my grandparents, you know, and I've heard stories, went through the war. Uh, My grandfather um, died in the war in Katyn. I don't know if you like the massacre in there. And the stories from my grandmother, both, and, and stuff, what they went through, I mean, and they made it and on their own. And it wasn't like, oh, it's tough, because there was like, you know, they're being shot at, there were, you know, bombs, and, never, and then they, so you hear those stories, so when you go, it's like, oh, it's tough, nobody's talking to me, I mean, it's like, you know, you have, you have a different perspective of what's, what's hard, you know, or what's tough, versus, you know, uh, versus what, you know, I kind of, I mean, I didn't have an experience, but I always, you know, many, many times heard about it, so.
0: And my my connection originally to my wife and how it started was my grandmother was Polish and was taken by the Germans when she was 14 to a bomb factory in, in Germany. And my mm-hmm. grandfather was an American soldier. And so they met after the war. And but they never really talked about those times very much in that. And but my wife, I think that we're very unaware as Americans too Poland was attacked by the Germans on one side and the Russians by the other side, like right away, like it was just a intensely difficult time, but I don't want to get into that. that.
1: Yeah, my grandfather was, my grandfather was actually killed by Russians in 1939 when they attacked and took all officers and Polish intelligence and took him out to, uh, took him out to Russia, you know, and it's by removing leadership, you know, you weakened, you weakened the whole army. So he was 1939, so yeah, he was actually killed by by Russians, which for years, years, many years, because we're under a Russian influence, the stories were you couldn't say that's what happened. It was saying that was done by Germans, Nazis, even though, you know, because we're, you know, uh, that, and so my mother, uh, first time she ever was able to go and visit the mass grave was in like 1991, you know, because before they would like, no, nothing ever happened here, (laughs) you know?
0: wow a little different subject but kind of on on those terms of uh, an education was the education like the way it was presented and done very different between Poland and America when you came was that also something you had to learning the language but also just the way education was presented or was it similar
1: well you know I so obviously I went to high school I went to high school in Poland I never went to college in Poland I went to college here uh you know I had my brother my sister it it seemed well it seemed to be initially like easier overall in Poland here because you know even like when you think about it you know I'm like how am I like going through college and don't even have like really language skills I get it that the first year was uh first year was kind of the they did kind of classes so I can kind of move forward and I end up you know being in college actually five years and I got scholarship for five years because that first year was kind of not a gap year but kind of you know uh but um I think you know in uni- in, in Poland when you go to university you and typically you end up with masters so I think overall like it's kind of the way I see it's a little bit two years behind so certain classes that I had to take, um, you know, even in Auburn later, and then uh, it was like chemistry 101. I mean, I, my first chemistry class in Poland was in the sixth grade, you know, I had physics. I mean, it was an option. I couldn't do, uh, you know, I couldn't do like, oh, I'm going to pick this. I'm going to pick that, you know, so when, so when I went to like college and I was taking, because I had to kind of check off the box before you get your a degree, I'm like, seriously, this is what, you know, so there are, there were differences and I'm like, at least, you know, um, and then you obviously for your degree, you, you are, you don't have master's, you have to go for a couple more years. So there are a little, however, I think now from being older and even having a child who is, uh, almost going to college has another year. What I like about, um, I guess the the system here, United States, is that. In Poland, when you go through high school to, um, to college, you have to be like very special. You, know, you have to know what you're doing, right? You go to a specific university and then you are, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be engineer. I'm going to, so you you go there and that's, that is it. What I like, and I don't believe then kids, teenagers here, like at age of 18 or 16 have no idea what they want to do. I don't know if I would like be able to tell. So having that ability here in the United States, where you go and the first couple years are just kind of more, okay, the basic, like the base is I have to take math and some kind of economics whatever, but within this first, second year, you have that extra time to kind of decide what your major is, what you want to be, which I think is essential. And then even within university is if you are, hey, you want to be in something in business and then you decide, you know what? I don't think I want to do that within the same school. You can change your major. You might be able to, you might have to stay another semester or whatever, but you can shift like my husband did and, and do something else. Like in Poland, it's like you, this is it. And if you're not doing this, then you have to start over and then go to the totally different school. So I like that flexibility here in the United States better because yeah again I mean who knows what they want to do at the age of 18 you know and being deciding that you know this is what I'm going to do for them so anyway, anyway so that's yeah, my and I, I
0: think America, America does a good job I think too of kind of um, I don't know free thinking or that you're doing more thought exercises rather than rote learning and things like that like my wife was the same as you they had like different schedules even in like elementary school and middle school where they change each day and they're doing all these things and it sounds fascinating. It's always interesting to to see that. And so saying that, um, and you you mentioned your husband a little bit, I don't know if that's the next step on your journey here. So you go from college, you're playing basketball in college. Um, did you continue playing basketball throughout your whole college career?
1: Yes. Well, uh, so I uh, mostly, so I said, you know, I played the eligibility. For an NCAA is four years. Uh, so I had, I had, uh, um five years but I always paid because when I signed for with Auburn they knew because I was that year behind so it took me you know the first year to kind of I was playing but then I needed extra year to complete all my so I had five years but so the reason I wasn't playing there because I was no longer eligible because the NCAA rules I had um you know I was thinking about you know playing and going um I got invited to the WNBA tryouts and uh uh, to, I had some offers from Europe, uh, but um, I did meet my husband. However, he really wanted to go. He really wanted, he's still upset we didn't go to France. But I also went through two um, knee injuries, like an Auburn one surgery and stuff, which kind of you know, uh, took a toll on, uh, uh, I guess my mental, and you know, because it's all great. Uh, you're good until you're good. And then if you uh, start doing professional sports, you know, you walk away, you get paid, but you get paid, but if something happens, you know, it's just kind of done deal. So I stayed because I was like, I have to make sure that I finish college and not like leave, you know, six months early to go somewhere. And then, you know, something happens, then I will not, you know, and then I won't have what I came from. Because yeah, going back to the story of basketball, one of the reasons also I came here to United States is I was very young in Poland and I, to something high, uh, reach the high level of basketball. I played, some of my teammates were, I was 15, 16. My teammates were like 28, 30. So there were adult women with families and everything. Some of them were when I was starting up, I literally would you would collect autographs because they were my, you know. And then a couple of years later I played and then I saw, but in Poland it's different. Like here in the United States, it's, it's based in, um universities so they make sure you go to school you make sure you have your degree in Poland. when you reach certain level they'll pay you but they don't like if you skip school and want to practice more they don't care so i've noticed being like on this big um on the team where that my teammates were like superstars for whatever for whatever like town or city we're in and five years later they were ending their career or wanted to play more, but they were too old or not good enough anymore. And they had nothing to fall back on. They had no, you know, uh, um, degree, they had no job. And going from being like, you know, on uh, um, on national team and making pretty good money for whatever, for whatever scenario it was, to uh, not having a job or working in a like store, I mean, it was just so different. So that's one of the reasons I was like, I can't like, I'm thriving right now because I'm 18, but what's gonna happen like five, six, seven years. So that's, you know, and I knew that I, unless I go, cause I played the national team, the club team, I play seniors, juniors, like a different like age groups because I was young and I was, you know, playing different age groups. So, I mean, ability to like go to college in Poland and play was just like you couldn't do it. So that was my one thing that I that was like I have to leave and and then get something. Um, and of course if I thought then if I come to the United States learn English, finish college, when I come back to Poland in 1990-92 with a U.S. degree, I'd be like a VP of a bank, like just by <laughs> day one, <laughs> you know. So uh, so yeah, so, um what was the question? <laughs>
0: I've got a I've got a different question for you. What What did you major in? And and Auburn and that's a big big school and that's pretty amazing. So that's good for you to be playing basketball there and still continue to go to school and get your degree. What did you major in when you're in college?
1: So uh, I did uh, b- uh, business administration and marketing. So that was kind of I think it was very popular in Poland then. So and. You know, and that's what I, how would I come up with? I had a, some kind of college advisor. I don't know. Somebody said it has the, the most electives, you know, I don't, that's the thing, you know, I was that age, I, I'm not sure I understood what I wanted to like truly do, you know, uh, but yeah, that was my degree. I mean, I used it, I used it some, you know, my career I worked for corporate. I mean, I did something different, but I guess I use my math skills, you know, I don't know. But um, I always-
0: I always recommend to my students, I don't know which way to go to get a general business degree because, and I don't think it's the best for the world, but business is so respected by every option of career that you'll have. My career in education, like my business degree is mm-hmm. more valuable than my doctorate in education, in education, which is, which is always wild to me. So I think that's general. So then when you graduated from college and you're now out in the world, then where did you go career-wise?
1: So career-wise, we uh, we graduated. so we went to Auburn and I, I met my husband in Auburn, uh, you know, so we got married there and there was a story and, you know, and then after it's a college town. Uh, so it was very like, it's a great time in a uh, town in Alabama. I'm not loving Alabama, but the college town was fun. And, but once you, once you graduate, you just kind of have to go, you know, because there isn't jobs. So, uh, so we, we, um, we were gonna go to Boston or Denver. Denver based, Boston was too expensive. Denver was not cheaper, but it was more expensive than Alabama obviously. But uh, I remember people like I had a couple of friends telling me that how awesome is Denver because it's so sunny and skiing. So we just packed and I came to Denver and then first just work at jobs. And then, um, and then I just started, it was 2000 I believe and then i you know i started working for like payroll hr company um you know i took some tests you know i guess you know it wasn't that hard but you know i passed it was math you know was just one of those and then i worked a couple of years and then i uh missed poland so i quit and i went to poland for six months uh, and my husband let me <laughs> i was i remember that was september 11 when i had me that and then uh, when I came back I worked for corporate uh, and for the same company for like 16 years um, you know through different positions and I got you know with my business degree and I added on uh, different certificates like business like PHR which is the professional human resources CPP and like just kind of and then and then during that I also did that I got my real estate license and and it was just how that happened was 2003 you know the crazy years of 2000 then everybody was buying a home and my friend's sister was making it. i'm like okay well i'm gonna get my license and you know do whatever uh which i was gonna walk away which i didn't because then i got pregnant and you know jobs with office to provide benefits and more stability and everything so I did I I did stay there 16 years but I did real real estate because I actually haven't worked full-time in corporate since my daughter in 2005 was born so I had some great flexibility benefits so I can kind of juggle both the real estate um, the corporate and you know the kids didn't have to be in like daycare and um, you know and after care whatever hours so that kind of worked out pretty well. But um, what I did in corporate, that was a question I did, like employment tax compliance, so.
0: And then did you get married? We got married in America first. My wife came into America on a fiance visa. And then we also had a wedding in Poland. Did you have a, where did you get married?
1: So I got married here. I came, so I, funny story was in the, so I went to Poland and uh, that was, I was done with my, with auburn and i got uh, offered to be assistant coach in the university of missouri in kansas city and do my um do my masters over there so that was the plan and everything and my my uh husband kevin was i think finishing up the quarter or semester whatever was i went to poland and then he flew in to meet my because we're engaged at that time to meet my parents well, I messed up my paperwork for whatever I had. So when I came to Poland and I tried to get my visa, they would not give it to me because they knew, cause you know, like at the time you had to prove that you're going as a tourist or something and you're gonna come back. And they said, you know, you finished college there, you have apartment there, you have, you're not coming back. So I got literally stuck for six or seven months and my husband came and visit and he was supposed to be there for two weeks and uh, he, didn't, he stayed for like um, three or four months. And we're trying to get married uh, in Poland so I could leave. And so it was funny story. So that well, I guess funny story is good, right? So, uh, so he had to go, we, you know, in Poland, they had to say that American like that he wasn't married. So he had to provide some kind of document that he wasn't married. The embassy said, well, we don't do that. So he had to go to Polish courts to release them from that requirement. Luckily, my be- one of my best friend's mom was a judge. So we got that done. Then he had to like literally testify in front of judge judges with the little kid that he was not being pressured into marriage. <laughs> and where was I know, the poor, my poor husband, first time in Poland, he was like, was it 22 years old or something? He was like, oh my God, what is this, <laughs> you know? And then we went through all this and I'm like, okay, I, I like this stuff that takes normally seven, eight months because I knew like a judge or something, it took us maybe like three, four weeks. But then the embassy, we are going to like, okay, we're getting married next week. And the people said, and the, um, and the court's like, well, there's a line, uh, we're booked for another three months unless you're pregnant. And I'm like, what? So since my father, like I said, oh, uh, was a pediatrician, and his best friend was OBGYN, I came back next day with <laughs> now that I was pregnant. <laughs> so yeah, so that was an interesting trip for my husband. He didn't run away, so that was a test. So he didn't write away. We still didn't get married because the embassy said, you can get married, but the, uh, we have 50 files, so it's going to still take six months, so I end up getting, after all that, uh, you know, I, I, I end up getting the fiancé Visa and we had to get married within like 90 days. There is a show about it now, did you see it?
0: <laughs> so then you didn't, did you not have a Polish, like a traditional Polish wedding then?
1: No, I had, I had wedding, I had wedding, uh, qu- like wedding at college with like hardly anybody, my sister was there, so I wanted to do it quickly, my, the priest, that in Catholic Church was a huge fan of um, basketball. He was on every game, so he took Kevin and approved his whatever you have to do to be like within like one day instead of you know six weeks. And Kevin worked at the nightclub, and uh, so his the guy said you can use this for the reception. So yeah, within two weeks, my 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 friend was a, a, a tail. You know, she was making like dresses and stuff. So she made me my dress in two weeks. We had. We got married, uh, you know, we had a wedding white dress and everything and, and then the church and we had a party and the nightclub, you know, uh, so um, so it all worked out, but no, I didn't, we didn't have the, the, the full, you know, we're college students. We're like, you know, uh, broke. Yeah, you know, so, uh, so we didn't, well, I, I keep telling Kevin that maybe we should, um, you know, one day go back. Now we're gonna have, next month is 25 years for us, so. So it's it's maybe see you gotta you have
0: to call him hint. that's <laughs> drovia Yes, we should. Well, I want to tell people about what Polish weddings are like, and, and you can correct Two me days. if I'm wrong here. Two
1: days. Yeah. To,
0: it, and depending on where you are, so that my our wedding was, and and that was some of the first things I went to Poland was weddings, and they're all the same. So Poland, I think, is it's not a good thing because in a lot of ways because they're just there's homogeneous group they're white people that are catholic and there's no like buddy else and so everyone is lives the same experience in a lot of ways and that's changing a little bit now but because of that they also go by the same calendar and all weddings are the same they're all they're, this is changing a little bit but they all were on saturdays they all are church weddings which they do it's kind of a business so they get them out pretty quick so they're not long masses there it's about oh, no, 30 minutes no, no, no. And then we, when we went with my wife's, the first of all, and my wife stayed in Poland before the night before you go to the the bride and groom where they're staying and you go and take a glass and throw it at the door to shatter it. And then the husband and wife go out and clean it together. And that symbolizes they're going to work together in their marriage. And then you go in and have vodka shots and their vodka shots were like half shots, which I could handle, which was great. And that's changing now they're becoming bigger, like American shots. But then church wedding after the wedding, we would drive to the, the reception area and kids would stop you in the middle of the street. And they'd stop the car. And people, if the kids stopped the car, you give them candy. And if adults stopped the car, we'd have to give them vodka to like get them out of the way to do that. And then the reception was like, like you said, it lasted till four or five in the morning. And they had a live band. And they the band's telling you to either be dancing. And all the men in Poland dance. Like every one of them. So if all the I men do, dance.
1: That's what I miss. That's the thing I miss about Poland. My husband will not dance. He danced oh my wedding one one. But every time I go back to Poland, I'm like, there better be some dancing. <laughs> you know, that's yes, that's okay. And so, they have oh. this,
0: and they have disco polo. They have this music that's easy to I dance to like that
1: one. <laughs> but yes.
0: <laughs> and and I love disco polo. So they have disco polo and then they dance, and then you're eating hot food is served till four or five in the morning at these weddings, and you're drinking, and then you spend the night there. They're like receptions have like hotel rooms there so you spend the night there so i will talk to your husband he needs to give you a polish wedding
1: i know yeah it's 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 funny because you know you telling me what the polish tradition because i never had polish wedding i don't know i don't remember any of this so yeah. yeah you left
0: yeah. you left young you you really did when you were there so that is interesting okay so then The reason or the the way that I got connected to you, I think initially, because you have now become like a real estate mogul and you're building your empire. How did you get into, and and I don't remember even how it was, but people are renting out houses in the neighborhood and they like, you are the first person that they're asking, do you have a home open in this? How did you get into transferring kind of from real estate in the corporate world to then buying properties and, and doing the rentals?
1: So, you know, going back to like my initial goal was like anybody else, you know, hey, I got my license. I'm going to transfer and do be a real estate agent do uh, sales and just normal list and sell whatever. And then, but uh, when I had the opportunity with you know, was to stay with my company and, um, you know, it was more like loc- location dependent. There wasn't remote, like I had to go to the office. However, I did work from home quite a bit. Um, and, uh, so I was trying, I couldn't, I couldn't do real estate full time and then have that flexibility for clients and stuff. So, um, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pick a couple of clients and I start learning more about investing or about the numbers, how, you know, how the numbers behind work and I'm like, well, and then we're going to just, you know, we had one house we want to move, so let's keep it and rent it. Uh, we went through that crazy 2008-2003, you know, so, so you survived that, you can do anything, right? <laughs> um, so I just kind of was trying to, you know, fit in different stuff and I, you know, and create, I guess, um, going back also to Poland, come up with something that gives me opportunity to be lo- in the long run location independent and have some flexibility and uh, and uh, not not work twelve hours a week, you know, and, and be with my kids and having opportunities to take them places and do stuff, you know. So so it's just sitting in an office, that's hard to do, even if you're moving up in the like from even, well that's even worse than when you start moving up to like this position that position the meetings then everything i work at the corporate headquarters so i've seen like people like uh just there 12 13, 12 13 hours a day that i've seen people like from CEOs, ceos and everything that come and go because of this and stress and i'm like i don't i'm like i don't want that you know uh, on the other hand, being just in itself, uh, I think, real estate agent, and just kind of, it's a hassle where you, you're you fighting, I think there's like 25,000 real estate agents in Denver area. So every every um, client, every person, it's like there's, you know, there's, every, there's plenty of real estate agents, everybody knows one. So I just kind of tried to figure out how to build something, do still do that, and then build something for um, you know, for ourselves or for our children and like retirement plan, college plan, you know, like being HR, I also understand all this, you know, 401ks and how that works and why this. And it's really, uh, in the long run, it, does, it's, it just didn't make sense uh, to me just being, you know, when I took money out to buy properties for my 401k years ago, like people thought I was nuts. You know, I'm like, I'm totally aware then I'm nuts and I have to pay penalties and everything. So it was just kind of, I guess, from, uh, you know, create the life balance and, and create, like people say, create wealth. When I say create wealth, it's not necessarily the value of whatever you have, is the, the opportunity, it, you know, that it gives you. It's about the outcome, not the income itself. So, you know, with this is me being able to now go visit my mom, and not worry about, you know, what, you know, us going to like in the summer to go, we're supposed to go to Greece or to New Zealand where my sister is in New Zealand, The stuff. And, you know, I know you love to travel. So the that was kind of a driver of creating something that um, it's not location dependent and just being the agent, like, or real estate, buy, sell, whatever, but having something. And with the homes that I have, I did angle it also that hey you know somebody there's people come to my house and the rent this they will typically they end up buying so if they end up buying they're gonna work with me because i give them flexibility on uh flexibility on their like lease and then if we find a house two months in 10 months in uh into the lease i will change the lease i will they're happy they're like the stress that removes and gives them you know like they don't you know if, they love it and then I feel like I'm providing additional service so I'm I I have my place filled I I have a client I you know so it kind of it's just um and then you know we keep from that we keep kind of adding and work you know it worked you know I I've done some classes about investing I love like I always say if you're not learning you're dying so I do like I do like that stuff I do like talking about that stuff or coaching people, or I've done a couple of classes uh, in my corporate even, like my old corporate about buying and, you know, and you would be surprised how many people like going into buying a home or something and know nothing about it or about, um, you know, um, lending or how the mortgages work. You know, they know more about like, you know, how to research TV than that, you know, which is kind of scary. So, um, so yeah, I think it's just, um, you know, the obvious security, the, you know, flexibility and, you know, and, uh, you know, family and memories travel. Like, what do you, what, what do I need to do so I don't have to work till I'm 70 and still enjoy and do stuff that, you know, and, uh, and not dependent on 401k because <laughs> I always, you know, or social security. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of um, where that came from, you know
0: one one thing that I think that you do an amazing job as is I've watched you do this because we're running out our house and we're taking our year in Poland, and you were very helpful with with us with that, and I appreciate your counsel with that. Um, but you seem to have a really good, again, mindset. I think when people rent out their homes, they're very worried about things going wrong and focusing on kind of that part of it and the, the stressors that that could provide when typically even when things go wrong, it's a small amount of time, I would assume. And in the grand scheme of things, from an investment standpoint, it's still well worth it and has been well worth it. How did you get past kind of that hurdle of the stress that things can't go or can go wrong at certain times and dealing with those kind of things?
1: So, uh, yeah, so, like, if you listen to, um, uh, you know, I had different, you know, tenants in different properties, and then I know what I'm willing to take for, uh, you know, you, you look at, like, money parts, and you look at your, how much time you put, and how much stress. So, you, you talk to people, and they calculate the ROI, return on investment, and all these analytics on spreadsheet, and nobody ever uh, puts, like, you know, they put numbers, but they don't put, like, your time your time your stress or whatever to me that's valuable i don't want to uh you know i i when i kind of think about properties or renting to somebody is it all about what is like the best deal money-wise not necessarily it's something like we're talking about you know you go and it's uh you know you create something that like i would buy newer properties i would buy properties in different areas better schools and because it's it kind of comes with a different pool of tenants or somebody where minimizes if it's a newer property, minimizes uh it's more expensive, so but minimizes the cost of if something breaks or something, you know. I wonder how many times I said, you know, my kids are gonna make fun of me. <laughs> but I kinda the bad part of that could come with it. I just try to minimize with the type of property, type of tenant, who is your tenant, you know, who you want to rent to and, and obviously different uh, class, um, asset class, you know, will be different. There's in the real estate, A, B, C, or whatever. Uh, and so that's how I kind of manage my risk, you know? So, uh, and I do have like I I told you that there's, I do have people that I can call if something breaks, because there will be, you know, then I have like some network uh, and people that I can call and they will go and do it, fix it. And, you know, it's no big deal. But, you know, saying you live in a house, in your own house, things go wrong with your car. That doesn't mean you're not going to get one, you know.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's memorable, but it's not that often, especially we're in a new house. And so that's been lucky. But I like the way that you talk about that you're looking at it from kind of your the peace of mind standpoint, where you it doesn't rule you because you're doing it in a certain way. Another thing that I think you do really good on that part, and this obviously relates to your real estate business too, which I think is very smart, is that you're also willing to rent for people for short term. And I think that people are very scared of that because they're it's a lot of work and getting to people in this capacity, and the turnover can be then a lot of work and that. But it seems like, especially in the, this market, that there are people that are willing to rent at all times. And so, how do you deal with that kind of stuff if if uh, um, properties so, are vacant or whatever?
1: So I um, defined by by definition by low short term versus long term. By by Denver County short term short term is anything less than 30 days and i don't do that i i what i call short-term or flexible lease kind of it's less uh less than like 12 months or maybe less than six months and you know yes i do you know i do offer different uh different options but i it's case by case it's case by case so i will charge more if it's like hey if you want the lease and in December, well, December is a slower month, so I will I will do that. But that might change whatever the monthly uh, monthly rate is. I, if I see, you know, if I see if somebody wants to just do one month or two, it depending on, I have to say, I I, you know, it, it is a business after all. So I do look at moving pieces. Do I have any other properties that are gonna be vacant or coming for release? Am I going to be dealing with one or two? And then I'm not saying that I always will agree to whatever people want to do. However, since I'm a private um, landlord, I can, and not like a company, I have more flexibility to see what people needs are and, and trying to like design and build like a lease that kind of meets their, their needs and and, 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 I, and mine as well. So as I have done it, you know, I know the market well enough, I guess. And I have done this, then I don't have that fear of um, what if, like if they leave, what's gonna happen if I don't. When I came into this business, I guess when I decided to do this, it's I always said, and people was like, oh my God, the house bubble and everything crashed in 2008. To me, whatever happens, people always will need to live somewhere. So maybe the rent is, maybe the rent is, you know, 2,000, maybe 3,000. And as far as I, you know, I build my, you know, I take loans 30 years. Some people say 15 is better. Not for me, because you can always make, you can always make the uh, 30, 15, but you can't do vice versa. So that's why if I have, if I have to lower the rent, if I have to, then I can carry that. So there are, there are different, like, different things that I do to make sure that um, you know, if I end up with vacancy, but a lot of times I don't because I have those flexibilities. So, so even if somebody moves out in December, there's always somebody moving here in, in January. And then and, and since other landlords are afraid to kind of be on the market, if I'm the only one or another, there's, there's always somebody who's gonna, uh, you know, need a home.
0: <laughs> and you've diversified through building your properties that you don't, not, all your eggs aren't in that one home, so that's, that's Yeah, great.
1: we have, you know, we have a different areas, and I have a couple furnished ones, and, you know, I can move them in and out, and I, like I said, I'm trying to kind of, you know, have go like, Different options, you know, so notes uh, yeah, in different areas. It's not just in Stapleton or Central Park. Uh, you know we we also kind of have some you know homes in Douglas County and stuff. so
0: okay, finally, finishing up here, what do you want for your future? What do you see moving forward for yourself and your family?
1: Well, right now, um my daughter is uh, uh, thinking about college. So, uh, We have one year left with her and that makes me, you know, sad. Uh, So then she's going to leave the house and she's she's pretty happy about it. But hopefully, you know, the next next, you know, next it's all about, you know, about the kids. So, you know, having, you know, have find a good college and a good uh, place for her to go. And, um, you know, say with my son, my son hopefully will play basketball. My daughter used to play basketball, but she's, I don't think she wants to do it in college. So, um, but my son is six, three and 13. So he probably has to because he be seven feet tall. Um, but anyway, it's uh, the bottom line is like the kids finding school for them. Um, and then having with me and my husband, to, like I said, the ability who what, what we'll be working on have the flexibility to do what we want. Do I know exactly what I want to, I want to retire in Portugal. We talked about it, uh, but, you know, we'll see, you know, if my kids are in the United States, I'm not sure I want to be that far. Uh, but the, what I see is with what I'm doing is it, it's, it, it's having options, you know, having options and having ability to, uh, you know, pro, help my kids to move to the right spot and kind of have them, you know, start their adult life. I guess that's, uh, that's where, that's where my goals are, you know, and and be able to see my friends and travel and, you know, pretty basic, I guess, right?
0: And have that Polish wedding. I've never been to Rotswaf, so we'd have to, you know, we have to have it there. I'll talk to your husband. I've never met your husband.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I know. I have met your wife and she's Polish. And then she, I mean, I'm at, I wonder if I saw her in like in Macaulay because, you know, I've been there a few times.
0: Probably. And she's five foot, five foot one, maybe. She says she lost some centimeters across the, the ocean. They've, they've marked her down in inches. <laughs> she said she was taller in Poland. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. This is wonderful. Thank you for your time. I'm going to stop here and in Polish, do widzenia means goodbye, so do widzenia.
1: Do widzenia. Do widzenia.